Welcome to Passport to Thrive, the place where entrepreneurship, marketing, and mindset is your destination. All from your host, Diane Marie, an Italian immigrant creating her very own American dream with passion, ambition, and one too many shots of espresso. I have the pleasure of having Cristina Garabetta in my first ever guest on Passport to Thrive. Christina is a lawyer and the owner of Betta Bag, a stylish handbag collection made with ethically sourced Italian leather. So without further ado, let me welcome Christina. So Christina, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your business? Yes, absolutely. I, first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, of course. I'm this is honored so to be your first guest. Yes. That's so exciting. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Very excited for you, and I'm honored to be here. Um, so to start, I am a lawyer. Became a lawyer in 2018. Um, and, you know, going through school, just being in the professional space, I found it difficult to find a chic uh, and functional handbag, right? Just like a bag that looked nice with my outfit. I like to present myself well. Um, but that also could fit everything I need, right? Because I would need files and a computer and my right. personal things. So um, I really couldn't find a moderately priced, nice handbag that could include all of those things. So I designed my first collection for better bag, um, really as a result of the lack of professional handbags for women in the marketplace. So the bag is really designed um, to carry all of your personal and professional needs so you can transition seamlessly um, from work to happy hour and all the things in between. I love that because I feel like tote bags either look too professional and kind of like boring and outdated or they're too small. They don't fit your stuff. They don't have zippers or they're very overpriced. Like you have to go and get a designer bag and it's often like a little bit difficult to find something that it's not so expensive, you know, if you don't want to spend a lot of money on a handbag. No, that's, that's so true. And another point about tote bags, right? They're great for certain things, but when you have your professional things and your personal things all mixed in one bag, it gets too unorganized, right? So with my bag, I made sure I'm a pocket girl. I love pockets. So we have specific um, compartments internally uh, that have electronic sleeves. So you can fit a computer, you can fit up to a 16 inch size laptop in the sleeve. Or if you um, have a larger computer with a case, if it's perfectly inside outside of the pouch, you can put iPads, Um, there's zippers inside. So if you have personal needs, if you have, you know, makeup, your cell phone keys, whatever, it it all fits and it's organized. So you're not fumbling around. You're not digging at the, in the bottom of your purse to find your cell phone or your keys. Yeah. I'm always digging through my bags and I love how you know the struggle with all the different compartments because you thought of basically everything through you thought of like what are some things that I struggle with that I can't find and what is why am I doing this what is so different and unique about my bag and I absolutely like love that um so can you just kind of walk a little bit through like the product development that like the steps you have taken to create this fantastic handbag collection Yes. So it's interesting. There were a lot of moving parts, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, inspiration through the inspiration to create it and then up to making the prototype and design. Um, But I guess first, the, you know, fundamental, I guess, foundation building block was I wanted to preserve the legacy of my grandparents. So my grandparents immigrated from Italy 
uh, my mom's parents came here in the sixties when they came, they came with their clothes, you know, just a clothes mm-hmm. on their back, yeah. um, worked really, really hard. My grandmother was a seamstress. She would make all of, you know, my parents' clothes would make our clothes when we were growing up and, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, but they always made sure they presented, uh, themselves well. So mm-hmm. I thought that was important, even though they came to America, you know, for a better life, better opportunity they never lost connection to their homeland. And, you know, they'd always tell us stories about Italy. And we were very much brought up in an Italian household and Italian community. So to me, it was important to sort of preserve their legacy um, and work with Italian manufacturers. So I love that. Yes. And all the, you know, the best things are made in Italy. That's Exactly. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. So I knew I wanted to have um, not only the material come from Italy, but also that I worked with Italian manufacturers to put everything together, right? Yes. But, uh, you know, I've traveled to Italy here and there and it just for pleasure purposes, really. So I didn't really have any business connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, So first to develop, you know, the prototype and actually make something tangible. I worked with my uncle who is an expert um, with leather tooling and he learned how to leather tool while he was in prison. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) While he was incarcerated, he uh, would send home these beautiful bags, uh, not just bags, actually like all types of leather goods, backpacks, Mm -hmm. uh, duffel bags, small card holders, purses. uh, And that really, I guess, inspired my love for, leather bags and we were yeah. always so excited when we would receive a package for him um, from him because they were so unique and just so beautifully crafted and then when he came out of prison he like you know everyone else that's incarcerated and just sort of gets plopped back into society to assimilate um couldn't find a job uh that you know something that he wanted to do it was difficult for him to find a job so he went back to being a mechanic which is what he did before he you know uh-huh. was in prison Um, But he always had this desire to create something. So he would always say to me, you know, I have this desire. I still have my sewing machine. If you ever needed something, let me know. So, you know, after a few years of me just like wanting this bag that I couldn't find that didn't exist, I thought, well, why don't I just create it? And I had the vision. I knew what I wanted it to look like and how I wanted it to function. I just lacked the skills on how to develop it. Right. So we collaborated. Um. You know, when I asked him for help, he was mm-hmm. gracious and glad and excited to help me. So we sketched out, you know, a few different designs. We, you know, took some swatches of leather that he had, you know, laying around and mm-hmm. he built the bag pretty much by hand in a sewing machine. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's just a you know little shop that he has. So it wasn't practical for us to, you know, mass produce and yeah, no, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, being in the city and further developing um, my business connections in Italy, mm-hmm. I was able to connect with a few different manufacturers uh, that were able to work with my needs, um, work with the exact prototype, you know, that I designed mm-hmm. and, uh, was able to source the leather, you know, that I found the, the leather that we're using now for the bags comes from a tannery in Vincenza. Mm-hmm. So like I said, everything from the leather to the hardware, everything is sourced in Italy and the manufacturers are in Florence. Nice. Amazing. The bags there. Yeah. And then they, 
ship everything to me and I sell it online. Yes, I love that. So I have a product development background and that's why I was really excited to, to work with your brand because I wanted viewers to really like hear about different products that are made. And just out of curiosity, because I think this is like a big misconception, how long did this process take you? Because I don't know about you, but I feel like people think that product gets developed in like a week and it doesn't. So how long did this take? So I started working on it in March of 2020 Mm -hmm. and we officially launched in May of 2022. Okay. That makes sense. And I knew it was going to, it was going to be a long time, but for some reason, people think that you can snap your fingers and product gets developed. But here, yeah, my my favorite is when you know people are like, "Oh, are you coming out with other styles?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, of course. That's the goal. It's to start and build a brand." Right. <laughs> First of all, I'm very new to this space. I'm yeah. you know not an expert in this industry by yeah. any means. I just you know saw a, a space, a niche, and decided right. To go and it for was something it, that so. you felt very passionate about, and it's something that you also like. You were very specific at saying this doesn't exist. So I'm going to make it. It's not like you were trying to be something else. Like you were like, this is like my own lane. And that's why I genuinely like love your whole line because I think it's very specific and it touches upon your roots, which you mentioned, which I love because like for myself, I have a candle line and the candle line is called Italina Jar Candles. So I saw a lot of connection with that as well. Yeah, we have a lot of similarities. Really yeah. Funny. Yeah. Um, So what are just like some challenges that you faced like throughout the product development process? Oh, so working with a manufacturer that isn't based in the same country uh, has been a little challenging just because of you think it's easy to communicate over the phone and via email, but things do get lost in translation, whether or not you're speaking the same language. Right. Mm -hmm. What I interpret and then what they receive um, is different. And I learned that I had to tailor my emails a certain way and Mm -hmm. just the way I'm communicating be very clear and specific and direct. So just, um, I would say, the way I communicate and also just dealing with different um, like transportation, shipping issues. Yeah. When we were going back and forth with the prototype, we were shipping by air. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to ship the, you know, bulk order, I knew it was going to be You're not going to ship them in. And then no, I quickly yeah. realized that this is mm-hmm. not going to work. Yeah. Uh, you did maritime shipping, which was great. Uh, you know, my first time dealing with it, but it also is a, takes a lot longer. Yeah. Shipping by air, of course, obviously. So it was just being flexible with timing, yeah. uh, planning content, planning shoots, figuring out like, how to build a brand from the ground up, a challenge that I'm currently working with. So we sell exclusively on our website. I mean, we're in okay. one store in Soho, but most of our sales are mm-hmm. through our website. And through Direct to consumer, yes. So building that social platform, getting familiar with TikTok and Instagram mm-hmm. reels, you mm-hmm. know, I, thank God I have like younger siblings and a younger sister who I right. know. You have a little help. help. Yeah, but it's just so foreign to me. So I think like I don't. I I used Instagram for like posting pictures. I didn't really care to make videos, right? Let alone videos of myself and like being in front of a camera and like yeah, feeling comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, it was so. It's still uncomfortable. 
mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me. So that's definitely a big challenge that I'm still working on. Yeah, like, it's a lot. Myself up out there. Yeah, it's a lot. And the thing with me, like, so I am very familiar with product development. So I know exactly what you're talking about with emailing with pe- people in different countries, manufacturer to try to get product made. And what I have learned is that the more detailed you are, the better. And like, using photos and arrows, Mm -hmm. attaching PowerPoints, like you need to really spell it out. And I'll give you an example for like a product I was working on. I kept saying, matte finish, matte finish. And they kept sending me these like prototype samples of glossy. And I said, why are they not understanding that I don't want it to be glossy? And then one day I just said, matte finish, not shiny. And then that was a game changer because they finally understood. They're like, okay, she does not want it shiny. And then they start, they start understanding what I kept saying, matte finish. But for the long, for a couple of emails, I kept saying, no, this is not matte. I see that it's glossy. So I feel like just like working with people, especially like in a different country, you do need to be like super detailed because they take everything so literal. And the thing with entrepreneurship is at first, especially, you kind of have to figure out how to do everything on your own. Yep. So like when you have to, you have to figure out that you're not going to airship your goods in because it's going to cost you a fortune. So you're going to have to pay and like ship in a different way. And you also have to look is this item, is there a tariff on it? What's the import? Like there's just so many moving parts that people, again, just don't think it through because they think product gets made in like a week. Right. And then they think um, it just comes from Italy and that's Exactly. Like, it's just so much yeah. harder. And then that's just like the logistical part of it. Then you're talking about, well, what about the branding and the social media? Like that falls on your plate as well. And, you know, like making sure like you're also like the salesperson and the influencer, the model getting, you know, very familiar and comfortable with shooting and being in in photos on websites on video talking, you know, so it's definitely a lot. And that's why I was so excited to have you on here because I'm like, okay, she gets it. Like, she understands she's doing it from A to Z. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. And not that I am excited to hear that you're, you know, face similar challenges, but it's so refreshing that you can relate. No, definitely. The same thing. I'm like, oh, someone definitely. in the space. Yeah. And like for my candles, at first I had the idea of making them in Italy because it's called Italy in a jar. And then I thought about it and I said, no, 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 we're doing this in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And one of the big reasons was because I wanted to avoid um all of the import and the shipping issues. I'm like, I want them made here. And that because I, I just knew I'm like, this is not this is going to be too much. And I'm like, I think people will appreciate them if they're made in the US as well. So that's why I took the like the domestic route on my product but it was a thought at first was to have it made in Italy and I said okay well should I do this but I just I knew that it was just it would have like the import situation was going to get a little bit too complicated yeah no you're and you're spot on with that um 
I, I totally agree with, you know, the approach that you took yeah. uh, when I was, you know, when I first started, uh, so many people told me to keep it domestic. Yeah. Like, don't, don't outsource yeah, your I understand why you did it. They're like, avoid the headache, keep it local. And then they're like, once you're more familiar with the production process, then think about outsourcing. And I was like, okay, that's great. Thank you so much. And then did why like you want you like no these need to be made in Italy like you you know I feel like you got better quality you also had like your family member that was like ready to go and like ready to help you and say like let's make this happen so like that's amazing that you had someone you know that was kind of like there for you and like had the skills that like you didn't have, you know, he basically was like the missing uh, piece puzzle. So I love that. Yeah, no, he was totally like a pivotal key player. You know, if it wasn't for him and for his talent, I, you know, wouldn't have been able to, or it would have been very difficult for me to create, um, you know, our first, our first prototype. I wouldn't have any idea where to start. And for me also, it was really important to tell his story because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, uh, can relate. Um, there's, you know, a statistic, I think that says like one in five people in the United States are intimately connected with, you know, the criminal justice system, whether they were uh-huh. the system themselves, or, you know, they had a close family member, a parent, an uncle, a sibling going through, um, you know, going through the system and just, it's a topic that people avoid talking about, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to know that, you know, someone is out there that can relate to you that's advocating on behalf of people, especially those that are coming back into society, reintegrating, wanting to do better for themselves are doing better for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, society has these roadblocks for them. And it's just sort of like this gray cloud or target on they have on their back when they come out through their whole life, because they're told like, oh, because you did this, you know, your past, you're not allowed to do this in your future. And I think that's really unfair. Um, So I just want to, you know, shed light on that. And let people know that there are so many other people out there that are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there, there is help. There are resources or people uh, that want to help you get back on your feet. And yeah, I love that. And I love how like, that was like, you're a lawyer and you also use like your family. And like, that is like so important because I mean, people like they deserve second chances. In my opinion, they deserve to like, make their lives like to turn them into like the best and you know like you helped someone do that and like I love that you're shedding light because someone can definitely relate to it you know it's very it's a very relatable story in my opinion and like you said like a lot of people just don't want to talk about it so you're kind of like let's talk about it like you know I love that it is what it is it's the reality it's you know my (laughs) life things that I went through that I was connected with and I think it you know what it's what makes our bags authentic. It what makes our story authentic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, love I, I just couldn't avoid talking about it. Yeah, no, I love that. I think it's so amazing that I loved hearing your story. I did not know all of this. So I'm so glad we did this because, you know, I, you know, I just, I knew that you had this beautiful handbag collection, but I did not know like the full story behind it. So I'm so happy that we got to do this and and just any last thoughts that you want to share with everybody and if not just 
what is your Instagram handle, your website? Like where can people shop your bags? Where can people follow you? Yes. So we sell on our website. It's shopbettabag.com, B-E-T-T-A-B-A-G.com. Uh, our Instagram handle is shopbettabag. We're on TikTok, um, shopbettabag, and Facebook as well, shopbettabag page. Um, and I just want to let people know, uh, you know, whether you buy a bag or not, but just, you know, supporting um, our line is more than just buying a handbag. Um, when you're a customer, you know, you you become part of our overall mission. Um, the brand is inspired, you know, by family and supports social justice causes like criminal justice reform. So when you buy a bag, you become part of our overall brand mission. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being our first guest here and speaking about your fantastic handbag collection. So if anybody is interested and is on the market for a really fabulous tote bag, then check her out. Thank you so much for having me.